This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Insubordination and obstruction coming from Washington, D.C. That's what we'll be discussing today. Two words you might not hear that often. Insubordination and obstruction coming from Washington, D.C. That's what we'll talk about today. Uh, But before we do that, you are listening to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. I am your host, Walker Wildman. To keep up with the show, you can simply visit our website, AFR.net, AFR.net, and on the website, you can visit my podcast page, Exposing Washington podcast page. All the links to the news stories I discuss, all the major sources that I cite during the show, you can find all of those links and all that information on my podcast page by simply visiting AFR.net. Also, you can download the podcast on your mobile device and listen anywhere at any time as long as you have an internet connection. Well, let's jump right into this. Uh, Insubordination, the definition I have for that, from Merriam-Webster Dictionary is disobedient to authority. That's what insubordinate means, disobedient to authority. Well, many of you have probably heard this week, just a couple days ago, that President Trump fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. Now, Tillerson didn't make the news like other cabinet positions did as much. He was kind of low-key, stuck to himself, and that might be good or bad, but nonetheless, Rex Tillerson is out at the State Department. And I'm going to kind of delve into that and why Rex Tillerson was fired by President Trump. A lot of this information I didn't even know until I started looking into why President Trump fired Rex Tillerson. Um, But to to start out, to help set this up, I'm going to play a clip from Laura Ingram on Fox News, and she basically fleshes out in about 30 seconds or so, why Rex Tillerson and President Trump just could not get along. Let's listen. Look, the fact is, Tillerson should have tendered his resignation a long time ago. He disagreed with the president on major issues. He was opposed to the talks with North Korea. He supported the Paris Climate Accords. He questioned the president's Charlottesville response. He was at odds with Trump on moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and was a fan of the Iran nuclear deal. Well, there you have it. Uh, Many things that it appears that Rex Tillerson was at odds with when it comes to President Trump. And as I mentioned, a lot of this stuff probably didn't make major headlines. I'm sure in the D.C. circle it was uh, well known, Rex Tillerson's disagreements with President Trump. But nonetheless, it was not a big, you know, bombshell story every other week of how the Secretary of State was disagreeing with President Trump. And disagreements among cabinet members is really not all that odd. But at the end of the day, the cabinet members have to carry out the president's agenda. Um, And I'll cite some examples of why uh, Rex Tillerson was not doing that. Um, But first off, this is a 
This is from the Washington Post, and the author, many of you have probably heard his name, Mark Thiessen, is the author. And he's really in the loop on this, so to speak. He says that Rex Tillerson was completely, I'm quoting now from the story, Rex Tillerson was completely out of step with Trump's hardline stance on North Korea, which ultimately brought Kim Jong-un to the bargaining table. He later, later goes on to say, By projecting weakness to Pyongyang, talking about North Korea, Rex Tillerson was undercutting Trump's message of strength and thus making war more likely. So that's just one example of former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson having a different view on North Korea and how to approach them when it, uh, as compared to President Trump. And the reason I'm highlighting all of this is because this shows that, you know, President Trump is not just fighting the Democrats. And he's not just fighting the establishment Republicans. He is also having a power struggle amongst the executive branch, amongst the executive branch. And but this and when I say President Trump fighting this person and, and you know, when I'm talking about this, basically the way I view President Trump's presidency thus far is the people, the American people, overwhelmingly, the electorate, voted President Trump into office. And because we like his agenda. Most of America likes President Trump's agenda. They like the way he views things. They like the way he carries out things. We think he has good instincts for the most part. So anyone who kind of steps in the way to stop him, I view that as trying to undermine the elections, trying to undermine the American people and what we want done. So th this is why I'm exposing uh, some of these cabinet positions and how they're slow walking are blocking the president's agenda. So Secretary Rex Tillerson disagreed with Trump on the Iran deal, on North Korea, on moving the Jerusalem embassy, or moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and he disagreed with him on the Paris Climate Accord. But one other more serious thing that Secretary Tillerson, former Secretary Tillerson, was um, slow walking, it appears, is, this is from the New York Times, President Trump reportedly has been, uh, and this is no secret, has wanted military options on the table when it comes to North Korea. He's wanted options on his desk, so to speak, when it comes to how to handle North Korea. And the reason you want that, it makes sense. If you're pushing a hardline stance against North Korea, to get them to give up their nuclear weapons, you need to have a, a plan to enforce what you want done, whether it be through military or other means. So President Trump has asked the State Department and the Department of Defense to provide him a military options, uh, 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 an array of military options. And here's from the New York Times. The White House has grown frustrated in recent weeks by what it considers the Pentagon's reluctance to provide President Trump with options for a military strike against North Korea. The latest sign of a deepening split in the administration over how to confront the nuclear-armed regime of Kim Jong-un. It later goes on to talk about 
Let's see. When North Korea tested an intercontinental ballistic missile in July that experts concluded was capable of reaching the west coast of the United States, the National Security Council, which is under the president's uh, office, convened a conference call that included the Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, and the Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. Tillerson. Follow with me here. This is important. This last half is very important. After General McMaster left the room, which is the National Security Advisor for the President, James Mattis, or Jim Mattis, the Secretary of Defense, and Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, continued to speak on the conference line, not realizing that other participants were still on the line. The officials familiar with the matter overheard them complaining about a series of meetings that the National Security Council had set up to consider military options for North Korea. Signs, Mr. Tillerson said that it was becoming overly aggressive, referring to the White House. So the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense unwisely stayed on a conference call line in the White House, probably down in the Situation Room under the White House, and they're complaining about how the White House is becoming overly aggressive on North Korea and how they're wanting military options provided to the White House probably within a matter of weeks. So that's that's very troubling there because you, you cannot have certain officials slow-walking the White House when it comes to the military or really any other subject. Um, so that's another reason that Secretary Tillerson is out at the State Department. And there's some other examples of insubordination. Uh, you remember when President Trump ordered that the, the Department of Defense end the transgenders in the military, that the Department of Defense stop allowing transgenders in the military. Well, President Trump requested or told this, the Department of Defense that's what he wanted done, and guess what happened? It never happened. It never happened. Or, or rather, I should say, guess what didn't happen? What didn't happen is what President Trump wanted, and that was no more transgenders in the military. And how that happened, you ask, is because the Secretary of Defense basically told the president, no, thank you. What happened is they said, Secretary of Defense said, well, we need, we just need to study this issue. We're going to set up some kind of, you know, study group and research this issue and the effects on military readiness, and then we'll get back with you, Mr. President. How, how often do you get to do that in secular life, in in your workplace, in, in the private sector, I should say? How, how often do you get to tell your boss who gives you an order, well, boss, let me just look into this. I'll get back with you. We'll see how it goes. I'll provide you recommendations. No, everybody in the private sector, they just do what their boss asks them to. That's their job. That's why they're there, to carry out orders and work. And but that's not happening over the Department of Defense. So that's that's very, very disappointing when President Trump can order the Department of Defense to do something and they tell him no, in essence. Now, they would object and say that they didn't tell him no, but their actions prove otherwise. So that's just a couple examples of insubordination. But on the positive side, I will say that this is coming out of Washington, D.C. just in the last 24 hours. And that is, in past weeks, I've talked to you specifically about a month ago, 
we spoke about the Department of Justice and the corruption there. Well, I have some good news. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is considering firing Andrew McCabe, the former deputy FBI director, before he is allowed to retire and collect a government pension, retirement pension, from our taxpayer dollars. And I'll explain after the break why that is important. And honestly, why that is good news coming out of Washington, D.C. We'll take a break, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a nonprofit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. If you're in debt and you need help, Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. Did you ever sit down to watch TV with your family only to turn it off because of bad language? TV Guardian is technology that mutes foul language in real time while you're watching television. TV Guardian was born out of the desire to watch a movie with the family without exposing children or adults to coarse or foul language existing in most of today's entertainment. The closed caption feature within all programming is used to look ahead, detect the offensive words, and mute them. Using simple level filters and subfilters, TV Guardian can be used to filter content for your family. Religious references in mainstream programming are often offensive, using God's name in cursing. So TV Guardian offers filtering for those as well. More information is available at tvguardian.com dish tvguardian.com slash dish. American Family Radio is grateful for the support of TV Guardian. Welcome back to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exposing Washington. Uh, what I was talking about before the break is Attorney General Jeff Sessions has been considering, so the reports say, in the last 24 hours, Considering firing Andrew McCabe, who is the former FBI director, uh, deputy FBI director at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Why this is important is because Andrew McCabe was a key player in the Hillary Clinton investigation. His wife received campaign donations from a, a top Clinton ally while there was an ongoing investigation into the Clinton Foundation. Many of you are familiar with his name. But this is good news. If Attorney General Jeff Sessions would fire Andrew McCabe before he's allowed to retire, that is good news because 
uh, McCabe is not worthy of retiring on the taxpayer dimes after he's committed what I believe is illegal activity at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He should not be allowed to retire on the taxpayer dime. That's my opinion. But back into the discussion about President Trump's cabinet and some of his cabinet secretaries not carrying out his agenda, you know, there appears to be a lot of turnover in the Trump administration, meaning that it seems like every other week somebody's being fired, somebody's resigning, somebody's being let go. But I really don't think this is all that common. And even if it is uh, an unusual amount of firings and resignations, I don't think that's all that bad because as Fox News' Laura Ingram points out, and I played a clip of her earlier in the show, she called it smart staffing. Smart staffing because it shows that President Trump is serious about carrying out his agenda, his America First agenda, and he will do whatever to get it carried out or to have it carried out. And when I say he'll do whatever, he will fire whoever and hire whoever. So um, I, I think I think this this continual uh, push to have things done and have them done right, even if it means firing people, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing because here's what history tells us. Status quo and stagnation in Washington, D.C. gets nothing done. And if we need fresh faces up there who will get things done, then I'm all for it. But let's move over to Congress and talk about how they're obstructing President Trump. So we have, as I explained in the first segment, we have the the some of the executive officials slow-walking President Trump's agenda, disagreeing with him on how things should be done, and how that's a problem, honestly. But President Trump is also fighting and, and, and dealing with Congress. And, and, and as I mentioned, he's not just dealing with Democrats in Congress, the opposing party. He's having to deal with Republicans also. One example of this is uh, to take former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson's position President Trump has nominated Mike Pompeo, who is the current CIA director. Mike Pompeo, former congressman, I believe, from Kansas. Well, honestly, Mike Pompeo, for Secretary of State, in my opinion, is a great pick. He was a pretty conservative congressman out of Kansas. But Rand Paul is not only vowing to block Mike Pompeo from taking over Secretary of State, but Senator Rand Paul is pledging to block the CIA pick, the pick to head up the CIA since Mike Pompeo is moving to the State Department. And traditionally, I agree with Senator Rand Paul on probably 90% of the issues, but this one, I'm way out of touch with Rand Paul on this one. And the reason I say that is the, the pick... Uh, that President Trump, the person who President Trump has nominated to take over the CIA in place of Mike Pompeo is a lady by the name of Gina Haspel. Gina Haspel. And I don't really know her that well. I don't know of her that well. I don't know, you know, her, her entire resume. I know she's very well respected in the CIA and military community. But 
Rand Paul says that he is going to block Gina Haspel to head up the CIA because she oversaw the waterboarding of terrorists, I believe in 2002 in Thailand. She was heading up a CIA black site in Thailand, and she was overseeing these waterboarding procedures. And Rand Paul says he's going to block her to the best of his ability because of that. And here's my opinion on this. And some of you may disagree, and that's fine. But I'm in favor of waterboarding. I am uh, 100% in favor of waterboarding. And honestly, any other techniques that we need to get vital information out of terrorists. If someone is a proven, known terrorist, a jihadi, and, and they're not on U.S. soil and they're not a U.S. citizen and they're in some foreign country where we're fighting, I think we ought to be, be able to use whatever procedures we deem necessary to get vital information to prevent future attacks. So, honestly, waterboarding is probably the softest thing we could do to terrorists other than kill them. The, 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 waterboarding is not, it doesn't actually harm people. It just makes them feel like they're out of breath and they start panicking and they start talking. So waterboarding, in my opinion, is totally justified in times of war. We ought to keep doing it. We ought to bring waterboarding back. Um, And Rand Paul is totally out of touch if he's going to block a CIA appointment because she oversaw waterboarding in 2002, in 2002, which is 16 years ago. And another thing is 2002 was just a year after 9-11. It was just one year after 9-11. We were in a, an intense fight with a radical Islamic terrorist, and this this uh, this lady who's trying to head up the CIA was overseeing waterboarding of terrorists. I don't see any problem with that. I don't see any problem with that, but Senator Rand Paul does. And another another aspect that is just so uh, so that Senator Rand Paul is holding up are going to try to hold up some of President Trump's agenda from being done. But another person or another aspect of the obstruction that we continue to see on Capitol Hill from Congress is President Trump's nominations. President Trump's nominations. Um, This is from the Washington Post via the Partnership for Public Service. And they are tracking... President Trump's nominations. And here's where President Trump's nominees are when it comes to confirmation through the Senate, through the U.S. Senate. President Trump has an average time to, to uh, these nominees, President Trump's nominees, have, have an average waiting time for confirmation of 81 days, almost three months. And you say, well, Walker, is is that typical? Is that usual? Should we be alarmed by that? Well, it's not typical. President Obama had an average waiting time of 60 days for his nominees. George W. Bush had an average waiting time of 42 days for his nominees. And the other presidents, such as Clinton and H.W. Bush, had similar as President Obama. But President Trump's uh, nominations are taking up to 80 days to confirm. And the reason this is problematic is we have Republicans in Congress. If it were Democrats, 
obstructing Democrats in charge, obstructing a Republican president, I would say, hey, you know, that's disappointing, but 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 they're in charge over there. And but we have Republicans in charge of the Senate and they're still blocking President Trump's nominees. And one of the main things that are that is slowing these nominees down is the 30-hour debate rule. The 30-hour debate rule. Each nominee has to go through 30 hours of debate on the Senate floor. And this is after all of the hearings. 30 hours of debate. And who is allowing this 30-hour debate rule to stand? Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. He's allowing the 30-hour debate rule to stand. They should reduce the 30-hour debate rule to about two hours and speed through these nominees. Another way that Senate Republicans are blocking President Trump's agenda, yes, Senate Republicans are blocking President Trump's agenda, they're not allowing recess appointments. They're not allowing recess appointments. What is a recess appointment? Well, in hi- historically, when Congress goes on recess or goes home on vacation, the president can appoint people. The president can unilaterally appoint people to certain government positions. Well, President Trump, to my knowledge, has been able to appoint zero people during congressional recess. Zero people during congressional recess. And to look back historically, President George W. Bush made 171 recess appointments in his time. President Clinton made 140 recess appointments in his time. And President Obama made 32 recess appointments. So presidents in years past have made recess appointments even under under opposing Congresses, Congresses of the opposing party. Well, right now, President Trump has a Republican House and a Republican Senate, and they're still blocking him. So we need the Senate to actually go on recess when they go home on vacation so that President Trump can push through a lot of these appointments, a lot of these appointments. There is no reason that Senator Mitch McConnell and his Republican allies on Capitol Hill should be blocking President Trump uh, from getting his appointments. So this proves what I talked about in the first segment and what I'm talking about now, that we have not only cabinet officials thwarting President Trump's agenda, we have congressional Republicans thwarting uh, his, uh, President Trump's agenda. So this, is, this makes it all more important for the American people to continue to fight with President Trump and for President Trump against all of these adversaries. So President Trump basically is on an island all by himself. He's taking on the judicial system, the judicial branch. He's fighting Congress. He's fighting some of his own departments. And we have to keep up the fight. Draining the swamp is not a short-term process. We're talking about years upon years that it will take to fix the corruption in Washington, D.C. And once the corruption is, is under control, we have to continue to fight to keep corruption out of Washington, D.C. You've been listening to Exposing Washington with your host, Walker Wildman, on the American Family Radio Network. We'll be back next Saturday, same time, same place. Talk to you then.